Yeah. <laughs> Alright, welcome back. I'm Matt Ralston. I'm Latif. And today we're going to talk about casting, casting in this still unnamed podcast. <laughs> we'll get there. One day, one day, hopefully soon. Episode 700. We're still having trouble. <laughs> well, I think it'd be a luxury to get to 700. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Alright, so casting. Um... I guess let's start right before casting almost like relating to how we did party stories we wrote a script once we got to the second draft we thought okay we have something we can work with here we might as well start casting right yeah um i had written one character specifically for an actress the character of althea who's also named althea which is why the character is named althea um but other than that we didn't have anyone in mind before the casting call, right? For any of the actors, no. Yeah, okay. So one thing we were talking about before we started recording this podcast was how daunting casting can seem if you haven't done it. Like, what do you do? You know, how do you go about doing this? How do people get actors? And like, honestly, I don't... At this level, I don't think there's a perfect answer. Like, explore any avenue you have. Go on any social media site saying, you know, hey, this is who I am. I'm making a short, I'm making a feature, whatever it is. Do a character breakdown, so write every character you have in it, their age, if any other details you can give the reader to, you know, interpret if they'd be good for the character or not. And then just start pumping them up on everything. You know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever other social media there is uh we even put ads out on craigslist and then we do sites like there's one i don't know how worldwide this is it might only be a vancouver thing but we used casting workbook you can go on and just search headshot after headshot you can to that same degree go on you know facebook acting groups and just go through pictures and you know see what you can find and then just basically get the word out there people hopefully people start messaging you and then just siphon through everything do you have anything to add on that you know before you actually start auditioning phase yeah i think spreading the net wide and getting as as much range as you can like yeah if you only go to one avenue for looking for actors you're only gonna get like one tier of actors because mm-hmm. like generally like on craigslist it's a lot of a lot of the times it's people who are either just new to the city looking for something to jump into to mm-hmm. get to know the the scene or actors with you know a little bit of experience but not enough to to get like into an agency or something mm-hmm. um so it's good to go to like craigslist jump onto facebook go into even uh, small small talent agencies and looking at the headshots on the site maybe getting in contact with some agents stuff like that so go to every avenue to get like every tier of you know actor that you can get for the film yeah on that note on the topic of um agents when you're dealing with no money in my personal experience i have found it can be a huge pain in the ass a lot of the times you'll get a hold of an agent say hey you know this is what we're doing or i'm interested in your client of you know rachel (laughs) yeah and then a lot of the times, the first thing you're going to get back is, what does this pay? And when you're at the micro-budget level, your answer, unfortunately, is either nothing or not much. And agents are 
designed to get more money. Um, agents throughout the entire process of making a micro-budget film can be not the easiest to deal with. I don't say that in a way where they'll come after you, but like I said, it is their job to get their client the most money that they possibly can and thus take their 10% and make the most money they can, right? Just their job is the nature of it. Um, so what I would recommend, and it's probably not the greatest thing once you get to a, a bigger scale and you're a little bit more well-known, but I would say just contact actors directly. Worst comes to worst, they'll say you have to contact my agent and then you can do it. But agents, I don't think, are going to be your friend at this point in the game. So I would pretty much avoid them if possible. Like, once you go through an audition, if you really like an actor, you might have to say, go to their agent and say, hey, you know, interested in your client X, they really want to do this. We don't have a lot of money. And at m most of the time, they'll just say, you know, okay, yeah, cool, no big deal. Here we go. We sign off on it, right? But at this point, I would say largely avoid agents for the first initial contact mm -hmm. yeah because generally when you reach out to an actor you'll get to know their vibe and get to know if you guys get along well and if they like you and they like the project even if their agent wants them to have something they're going to be like listen man I, I love this project just we should just do this and it'll be great for you know for future projects so mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're providing some value to them and the actor's getting an opportunity, they're always going to want to be on board. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. And then at this point, you know, put out all your feelers. Um, go through all your headshots. I know I personally, I don't like to reject many headshots. If you put in for an audition, it's 99% of the time you're actually going to get one. Just because you want to see the most people you can. Some people won't really look the part or the way you think the part should look at first and they audition you're like holy shit you're great you know you are the person so don't cut it off prematurely having said that the only people I generally say no to are like I did a casting call a couple weeks ago and one of the characters was you know mid-20s and a guy that was clearly in his 50s put in for it you know I'm not gonna audition that guy because regardless of how good his performance is it just would not work on screen yeah. Um, so yeah audition as many people as you can kind of let some things slide if they don't look perfect or whatnot. just get out there let everyone audition meet a ton of people um, add those people on social media even if they don't get the part because then once your movie comes out they're going to want to stay in contact with you for your next project they're going to you know, add a little bit of fuel to the fire to get your project that you're working on now going. It's just a good idea to meet a bunch of people, get your network going. Shit like that. Anything to add? Definitely. This kind of contrary point of view, but like Matt's approach to casting is very... It's a great way to do casting. And you meet a lot of people and, you know, it's kind of a standard way to approach it in the industry. And as a filmmaker, I'm a little different. I'm a Generally, I, I don't do regular casting, so mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll hang out with someone like three times, yeah. and if I like them every time, I'll be like, hey man, you might be good in this. And that's kind of how we go through that process. Like, I'm very, I don't like to read with people, I don't like to do all that stuff. I kind of get a sense of like who the person is and bring that into the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely that side of casting too. Like you can meet someone, get to know who they are, and then merge like the written character 
with the, the you know, physical human <laughs> that you're talking to. Or sometimes it just works out where, like, you need to cast a character, you meet up with a person, you're like, holy shit, like, you don't even need to act. You can just come in and be yourself, and yeah. that's great, you know? Um, Depends on your approach, I'd Yeah, say. definitely. Yeah. So there's no one right way, but I definitely think Matt's way is better for building a good network and my way is more if you're antisocial so <laughs> yeah that's a good one yeah so after we put out all our feelers in terms of party stories we had you know our list of people to audition what we ended up doing was you look into renting um audition rooms and they're not cheap. And when you yeah. when you have a micro-budget film, we all know you don't have money. So what do you do? Just look into anything. We ended up renting a room in a community center. And since technically we make so little money, <laughs> we were they could classify us as non-profit. So we got in for a very reduced rate of what they would usually do. So anything you can do like that to make it affordable and not destroy your budget is good. And at the same time, one of the reasons I wanted to rent a room somewhere was I didn't want the actors to feel like they were walking into like this shitty little project where they could just kind of half show up and phone it in and, you know, they would just get like a tiny paycheck and be in a movie. Like I wanted it to feel like the biggest movie we could have while still having no money. So a lot this was something that reverberated through the entire shoot really like right down to casting we rented a room and then when we first talked about shooting someone did float the idea of like hey man you don't have much money why don't you just shoot it on weekends and I opted not to do that instead we blocked it a certain time and I wanted it to feel as much like a real production as possible people show up every day it's you know, but longer days, but it yeah. feels like you're making a real movie. It doesn't feel like something where actors are, and crew are going to show up and be like, oh, this is going to be cheap. I don't really need to work that hard and kind of, you know, just fluff it off. I wanted to make the experience very real, very genuine, and just important to yeah. them. And that'll, you know, that'll start with the script, too. they got to be passionate about that, but once that happens, make it feel as grandiose for them as possible yeah um and one thing i'm gonna try to push matt to do for the next casting session we have and i think it's just great in general is if you know an actor that you've worked with or if there's someone you like give that person like 20 bucks or get them lunch ask them to come to the session and read for you yeah. because when you have someone to read the lines with the actor you're not having to do that because you're you don't want to read lines and also be gauging this person's performance because the way you give your performance is going to affect how they respond to you yeah and they're always going to want to please you so when you can sit back let two actors go at it and kind of watch the interaction it it's a huge bonus so put in a, a little extra time and get like someone out there to do that for you yeah definitely always a good idea yeah so yeah at this point we rented our room and this was the first time in the production where I felt a sense of disappointment to a degree because, you know, we were first-time filmmakers, very first feature. We didn't know that many people. We put out all these feelers, 
casting call, and then we had a solid little shortlist of people that were going to come audition. We rented the room, and we had quite a few no-shows. <laughs> we had, you know, an hour at a time where we'd just be sitting there twiddling our thumbs, being like we could be seeing people. We paid for this time, you know, people aren't showing up, and it kind of sucks, man. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, you, you pay for the room rental, and you have time blocked off. And then when like three or f- people, three four people don't show up, you're sitting there for like a good two hours, and you're like, "What the hell is that all about?" You know? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is an important lesson that I'll carry you through the entire micro budget film process. There's going to be points where you're going to feel like that, and just filmmaking in general, I guess. Like you're okay. going to get down on yourself. Things aren't going to go right. Keep going. It's okay. So I actually didn't know you felt that way. <laughs> I was like, all right, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like, we had rented the space out for six hours or something like that. Yeah. And I think we saw eight people. Yeah. Which wasn't the the scope I had wanted for that particular day. Now, having said that, there are silver linings. Um, We ended up casting one of our lead characters, Monk, off of that one. Yeah. I think he was the only one we got from that first casting call, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't remember anyone else from that. Yeah. But having said that, like, it's still a win. And even if you don't get anyone from that first cast, it's still a win. You still got out there, you met people, you gave people your script. And you know what? It could be an actor sitting at home reading it being like, I don't, I'm not perfect for this, but you know who is? My buddy sends it off to him, buddy gets a hold of you, and it's like, yeah, you are perfect, and you cast him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a way to make that net a little bit bigger and to help you out a little more. Now, having said that, we got one actor which was Diego Veramonte's sweet name uh, from that first cast. And then where did we go after that for actors? I think we just kept scrolling through the internet trying to find everything we could find. Yeah, because you got Jake and Derek through Craigslist, right? Oh, no, Derek I had worked with previously. Oh, no, Derek is from the last film. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a there's another good thing to keep in mind, too, and we're doing it with this next, next project of ours, too. If you go through a shoot and an actor stands out to you, keep them in mind for another role. And especially when you go to write your next role, if they're compatible with it or they fit for it, like they're going to pop into mind, and right then like you don't even need to audition so much as just call them up and have a discussion about character. Be like, this is... The story I'm planning, this is kind of the tone we're going for. What do you think? And if they get it, just be like, all right, man, let's do it. So Jason from Party Stories, played by Derek, he was that situation. We'd worked on him with the short. I just called him and I'm like, hey, man, wrote this character and he got it. And it's like, all right, you want to do it? Yep. It's like, cool. That was easy. That's like 20 minute meeting done. You got one guy cast. So always keep actors you've worked in with previously in mind. And then, yeah, just keep exploring the internet try and find actors from anywhere um anywhere you can look at headshots is gold and you're gonna go through a lot of people not replying you're gonna go through a lot of people flaking out on you this that and the other thing but at the end of the day keep going you're gonna find your actors yeah definitely and it can really come down to the last minute too like i remember we had 11 characters cast we had all our characters cast and then a couple months before we were set to shoot, one of them dropped out. She had something going on. And it's like, okay, shit. 
we were like full steam ahead and now there's a crucial character we need to cast and I think we only cast her with a few weeks left yeah you know it got pretty to the nitty gritty where we were having conversations of like if we can't find someone for this can we rewrite it how would we rewrite it thankfully it never got that far yeah but yeah like just keep everything in mind do what you gotta do and don't stop searching yeah and keep in contact with every person that you you have in your film Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times like when you got someone you'll be like yay I'm good and then three months later that's ready to shoot and then then you contact them and they're like oh I thought that was not happening or something yeah like reach out to them every now and then see how they're doing and keep the communication going before you shoot so yeah definitely and this is something you'll hear over and over again too sign a fucking contract <laughs> like you got your buddies and, and and that's totally cool but i've been pretty lucky in the sense i've never been burned by someone i haven't signed a contract with but having said that i i didn't make you sign a contract because we just work together on everything. <laughs> True. But every single other person... Should have taken advantage of that. Should have shown no, no, you this event. Give me a grand to shoot. Today. One day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Uh, no, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> that, yeah, that's good, because i just kill you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, get everyone to sign contracts, you know? There'll always be circumstances where you gotta kind of look around it. Like that one girl dropped out and, you know, she was in contract to do it. That's the way it was. But I guess legally I could have been like, no, you're in contract. But just kind of, if they've got the right reason, just be like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't for the best. Let them go and then go find someone else. And we'll talk about something else while we're on the subject, which applies to cast and crew. Firing. Yeah. which is so uncomfortable <laughs> and there's actually a little joke going around our camp which is I am cursed with firing you don't want to be fired by me because the first time it had ever happened we were working on this film and uh, I was just a co-producer but the producer hired a line producer and this line producer got a hold of us about a week later. He's like, hey, I just want to let you know everything's going so great. I've signed all these contracts with all these people. And we're like, whoa, hold on. You don't, you can't do that. Like, that's up to us. Sure, you can recommend people, but you can't just go off and sign contracts with people and do all this stuff. Like, you got to bring this to us first. So I we went to the producer and I was like, look, um, this isn't someone you want as a part of your film. I don't care how good he is at his job. Maybe he's great at keeping books, but if he's doing stuff like that, he's got to go. Producer didn't want to let go of him, which, you know, you can't really blame him for. Firing people is very, very awkward. But I said, I'd do it. And so I called the guy and I was like, look, man, this is what's going on. You can't be doing this. Um, I'm not giving you shit, but it's just you're not going to work on this project and we're going to go our, our own ways. You know, best of luck. That was pretty much it. And then two weeks later, I get a call from the producer, and turns out that line producer had died. He <laughs> so died. He died. He is yeah. now dead. Um, so the running joke is that I unintentionally curse people with death when I fire them. <laughs> that's not a joke. That That's why I'm afraid everyone listening. The only reason I'm here is because Matt might <laughs> fire me and I might die. You should be afraid, <laughs> But yeah, at the end of the day, like 
firing people does suck. It, you're going to hurt feelings. Uh, obviously, you try and pad that as much as you can. But if someone's got to go, if they're just not right, you got to do it. You got to do what's best for your film. Don't just walk into someone, regardless of what they've done, even if they've done been the biggest prick in the world. Don't walk in and be like, you're fucking fired, you piece of shit. And start, you know, don't do that. It's it's going to make you feel better for like two and a half minutes. And then you're going to realize that this negative word of mouth is just spreading around you and never go about it that way. Just sit them down, have a little talk. Like this isn't, you know, the way this project's going to go. Reason X, Y, Z. Let's just not work together on this anymore. Mm-hmm. Shake hands, go your separate ways. Yeah. It sucks. It's going to be really awkward. If it's your first time, your heart's going to be beaten out of your chest. Yeah. But do it. If you got to do it, you got to do it. Do it. I remember that early, like when we started working together, that web series we were on. Yeah. That really weird camera guy. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know there was a camera up. I'm like, why would I not camera up? So basically, yeah, we got hired to do this web series. It wasn't anything we had written or like had any real stake in but it's directing and I was gonna be the cinematographer yeah they needed two people so we came on board and then there was a production meeting um about a week before we were set to shoot and we're just sitting there talking to the producers and all of a sudden this guy comes in he's like hi I'm your camera op you can tell the story better than I can yeah really strange looking guy I think he looked like he was about like 38 yeah, he's a little bit older. And everyone there was like half his age. Mm-hmm. So he comes up to me, he's like, hey man, I'm the camera. And, you know, we have the camera. We're just kind of playing around with it because we just started like learning how to use it. And he's like, can I take a look? I'm like, yeah. This is a new camera to be specific. New we camera. knew how to use cameras already. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, this is great, but like we'll need a rig. I'm like, a rig? Why? He's like, well, it's going to shake. I'm like, well, just hold it still. <laughs> Put it on your shoulder. <laughs> what do you have Tourette's like <laughs> should be a cam op then so yeah he's like we can't do it we we need a rig and I was like alright let's get rid of this guy we don't want this kind of like bitch and moan person on the set cause yeah. they're always gonna have that attitude I've like for me I've always been the kind of guy and you know this like when we're on set and you, you need something you're like can we do that I'll be like I'll figure it out yeah yeah. I've never been like oh god what are we gonna do yeah that's another huge thing with hiring like down to audition hiring whatever you want to call it I always tell people I got three rules you follow these and we'll never have a problem it's be good at what you do want to do it and don't be an asshole you encompass those three things and that's all you're ever going to need out of anyone and on that note of hiring negative people that's the last thing you want on set because you can plan things as much as you want right down to the very last detail Something's always going to go wrong or get slightly delayed. Hiccups are going to happen on set. And when you have that really negative person there, it's going to destroy you. It's going to take all the energy out of an already tense situation and just make everything a thousand times worse. So when you're auditioning, when you're hiring, when you're getting anyone onto a project in any sense, go for positive. Go for people that say, I don't know how to do this right now, but I'm going to figure it out. Go for those can-do positive people. I can't stress that enough. It, I would, yeah, no matter what, <laughs> can-do positive people. The dynamic changes because remember the short film we made before we got onto Party Stories? Mm-hmm. Everyone was super, like, people would shit talk. Everyone was kind of negative and yeah. like, oh, it's not going to happen. 
then we went on to party stories everyone was like in a good mood people were happy the set was like full of energy yeah and people that, got along yeah and that just goes back to like it's a lesson you have to learn i hired those people on the not great set as well and you know it's not to say that they're not great people it's just they didn't jive with the way we wanted to do things and it made things a little bit tense you know so going through that experience you i now knew that the next thing we were going to do we were going to hire great people and when we did it made a world of difference like it the shoot went really smooth when there was hiccups people were there to be like how can i help it was just a very positive atmosphere so align yourself with positive people that are like you and it right down to like if you're trying to make a film and you're a bit of a dickhead try and lose that edge because it's not going to benefit you don't be the tyrant like you can get your point across by being a nice guy and people will respect you for it and you'll get even further than if you show up and start yelling like that's not how that's supposed to be learn your fucking lines whatever don't do that talk to people like people use positive reinforcement and you will be better off every single time yeah i mean this is for like young filmmakers who have like people they look up to or i don't know in general if you love stanley kubrick and you love guys like steve jobs like they're super talented and they and they do amazing work but you don't have to be an asshole Mm -hmm. you can still be good at something and be you know kind of a nice person yeah like it doesn't depend on uh how shitty you are to the people you work with. I, I really do believe that yep. you can make great work and be a really nice person. So Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, like if you get hired for something and you're a nice person, the people that hired you, they're going to get asked, hey, do you know a sound guy? And you're going to be like, oh, yeah. not only do I know a sound guy, I know the sound guy. And you're going to get recommended. And that's how you build your network and you keep working, which, you know, is a lot harder than it sounds in this industry and you don't want something like a batitude bad attitude dragging you down batitude that's the podcast batitude <laughs> that's what batman has <laughs> so yeah just stay positive hire positive people around you anyways let's loop back to actual casting yeah um so you know we had that one audition we got the guy that played Monk. We've hired a couple other people through previous shoots that we know. Um, we wrote the one part for the one girl, Althea. And then, basically, it was slowly chipping away. It was not a fast process. It was contacting people, say, hey, here's the role I have. They say, sweet, I'm into it. Send me the script. They like it. You audition them. It's picking very slowly at that, at that yeah. point. You know, if you have enough interest, again, to do another round of rent out a room and see how it goes, and you have the money, go for it. Like, power to you. And all honesty, if I had a lot of money for my shoots, that's how I would do it every time, you know? But basically, do what feels right for you. Take every measure you need to find actors, and then audition them, hire positive people, and just surround yourself with good people you're going to want to be around for extended periods of time because when it comes down to shooting like four party stories we filmed everything at night so we would wrap at 5 a.m i would go to bed i'd wake up at 8 a.m so three hours of sleep each night you're working 21 hour days it is insane you will never be as tired as you will be in production you're going to work 21 hour days and the 
one of the things that saves you is being around people that it's, you're going to be stoked to be around. You're going to be like, sweet. In a couple hours, Latif's going to walk through that door and be like, what's going on, Latif? If it was the opposite of that, you're like, I'm working 21-hour days, and you're like, fucking Latif is going to show up soon. Oh, I hope he doesn't show up. That's going to ruin you. I just walk in, what up, motherfucker? Let's make this dumb movie. <laughs> That's what you don't want. <laughs> So yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna go through a lot in production. We'll get we'll talk about that more when we get to the actual production episode of the podcast. Yeah, but you will never be more tired or more overworked than in production. Yeah, and the last thing you need is bad people slowing you down. Yeah, don't do that. And super like in depth like little things about casting. Um, and I just learned this from watching from other casting experiences. But when you have an actor in for casting try to give them very dynamic directions Mm -hmm. so to see what their range is yeah and then see if they have like the things to look for i find is see how much range they have Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is like how dynamic is the performance can they go from really sad to really happy yeah everything but also consistency Mm -hmm. and then what i recommend and i'm learning this now is casting against type and Mm -hmm. what that means is I have a script that I'm working on for a short film, and the lead character, he's a dad who's kind of a shitty dad, but he's trying to be better, and the main person I have to play the dad is actually a really great guy, and he'd be a great dad, but I'm casting against type because you don't expect that from seeing this type of person, Um, and you get a performance that you don't normally expect, so when you cast against type, it you see a guy and you're like, oh, he's totally an evil villain. But when you give the evil villain a chance to be the good guy, it really flips the dynamic of the performance. Makes it interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I recommend totally. trying it, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work at the end of the day, then that's your call as yeah. the filmmaker. But, yeah, experimenting with that can definitely help. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other notes on auditions? or? Oh, yeah. Um, make sure you film your auditions so you can watch them later. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Do that with table reads as well, or at least audio. Yeah. Because then you can, you know, go back and reflect on it. Um, one thing that I actually learned um, filming with Latif, one thing I never picked up on before was when you're watching an audition or someone just act in general, one little thing to look for that can make a huge difference is to see if the actor looks like he's listening or if he's just waiting for his chance to talk because a lot of the times when people are just waiting for their chance to talk the line coming from the other person will be like hey how are you and the second that word you is done they launch into their next line and it doesn't feel real so when you put it up on the screen you're like oh that guy's acting and that's like the worst you don't want that Mm -hmm. so yeah just look out for a great actor to watch for that is uh Who's the guy from The Conversation? The Conversation? You didn't know The Conversation? I guess not. Oh my god. That's a great movie. The Conversation. It's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's movie. How am I forgetting the name of the actor? He's, he's huge. Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman. <laughs> see? See how dumb I look? <laughs> Alright, Gene Hackman is great for, for that. Like, if you watch his performance... When he doesn't talk and see what he does when he's silent, it's great. He just really has like a lot of presence, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's listening. Yep, that's huge for actors. Yeah, so yeah. hire Gene Hackman for your next film. 
Even though he retired like 10 years ago. <laughs> the comeback kid. Yeah, he'll come back for your film. <laughs> Alright, yeah, I think that's all we have for casting. Um, tune in next week when we hopefully have a name. That'll be exciting. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for today. Alright, I'm Matt Ralston. Let's see. See you later.